Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's um, Digital Masterclass. Um, the title of today's uh, session is Five Ways to Grow Your Brand Authority Online and uh, How PR is Driving Digital Dominance. And um, joining myself today, so I'm Paul Maller, Managing Partner at MediaWorks in Leeds. Uh, we have uh, Nikki Pau, who's our SEO Director, joining us, and Christian Serisola, PR Director. So you're in safe hands today. Um, and um, yeah, so we, we want to talk about PR today. And I guess, um, you know, when I was uh, kind of wandering around the woods walking my dog yesterday and I was kind of pondering, you know, PR, hmm, what's PR stand for? And, you know, PR stood for, always stood for public relations. And I was going, hmm, it feels like PR has kind of evolved a little bit since um, that kind of quite narrow definition. Um, and I was also thinking about, you know, I wonder whether that you know the the PR PR as a discipline or PR agencies have probably had some of the you know the, the biggest changes as we've gone through a kind of digital revolution of um, you know what 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 you once upon a time would have thought this is PR to you know it's quite a quite a wide ranging area nowadays and um, and 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 also you know during this period there's been some of the biggest upheavals in. Um, in 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 the world of uh, media and print media, and uh, you know, so so there's, there's kind of a lot to, a lot to to go at here, um, and I guess you know we wanted to kind of frame today's conversation in sort of um, where things are at, um, you know, the the actually going through um, lockdown, through COVID, through the pandemic. Um, has driven some, you know, really, really interesting changes in the media landscape. But, you know, we've also been through Brexit and Trump and, you know, a lot of talk about the role of media and, you know, what what, what people are using it for. Can we trust it? Um, and, uh, you know, and, and Christine's going to come on and tell us, you know, that actually there's some pretty startling statistics about how, how, how the, the whole mainstream media scene is doing at the moment um let alone then how that all links through to um you know other disciplines like content marketing like search engine optimization you know all of these things have increased in importance um in in this kind of ever shifting landscape so i guess as a kind of a bit of a tee up you know we i think we we want to kind of reflect on where things are at what the opportunities are and at the end of this hopefully come out with five um, really good actionable points that you can take away from today's session and think about how to apply that to to your your business um so yeah um i think um so so let's let's just dive in and i think our, our kind of um you, you know as, as per normal we've got we've got a bit of a structure that we're going to walk through so i think the the first thing we wanted to kick off with was really um a bit of a reflection on you know pr once upon a time was about getting the column inches. If you wanted to measure the success of a, a PR campaign, you measured it in inches, um, which is quite unusual across all the other mar marketing disciplines. Um, but um, th that feels a bit irrelevant now, Christian, because surely nobody actually reads newspapers anymore, right? Uh, yeah, kind of probably both showing our age here, Paul, in, in terms of kind of, yeah, how you used to measure the success of, of kind of PR campaigns in, in, in column inches. I think... 
Um, you, you're probably right, and it, it, you know it's no surprise that um, I think in you know the last ten years, newspaper um, you know newspaper sale decline, print uh, copies of print newspapers has has been one of um, a, a pretty sorry tale, and the graph really only going one way, and that's that's kind of downwards. Um, uh, you know, from from 2010, when you look at kind of probably what was I guess the heyday and sort of pre um, sort of social media really kind of taking hold. Um, you know, big titles like, you know, The Sun, for instance, kind of really, really dominated without upwards of sort of three and a half million, uh, you know, sales a day of, of, of their newspaper. Um, and you look sort of over over that last decade down to 2019, you know, they're barely sort of touching sort of, um, you know, one and a half million. So their audience arguably had sort of halved in that period. Um, and then, you know, 2020 happens and, and, and kind of it's, um, you know, it's really, really impacted kind of newspaper print sales very, very hard. Um, you know, any of them kind of you look across the board, I think they sort of suffered falls of between, um, you know, 50 and 20 percent of, of kind of hard copy sales. The FT, just one example, have been, been really uh, kind of fiercely hit, losing sort of 45 percent over, uh, uh, you know, just over uh, 2020. So um, that, I, I guess, is no surprise, particularly for somebody like the, the FT, for example, the Financial Times, when they're so heavily reliant on a, you know, on a, on a, on a sort of a busy city, um, you know, people being at their desks and things. That's, you know, you can see why somebody like the FT would, would, would lose such massive readership. But, um, you know, with within this last year, obviously what we've seen are um, big media titles are, are starting to, um, where they've been steadily growing their online presence. So for, for, for argument's sake, for, for sort of a lot of them, for every sort of set of physical eyeballs they've lost, they've, they've certainly felt like they've gained, uh, you know, two online. So um, the, their online presence is now kind of really, really powerful. And, and kind of just through lockdown, we've seen some real rocketing in, um, you know, some of their numbers. I, mean, I think it's estimated that around kind of, you know, that if you, we just took the national news brands, they've gained around 3 million uh, new readers um, collectively. And, um, you know, that's up, you're looking sort of up 30% year on year. Mobile device readership of national newspaper titles up nearly 20%, 20%, sorry. Um, so it does show us that kind of these these eyeballs are, aren't going away, but they're just consuming these news titles in, in more modern fashion. Uh, you know, they're flocking to their websites. Subscription models are, are starting to work and work successfully for, um, you know, certain titles. Um, and their social feeds as well, their social media feeds have become really, really powerful tools to get to, to the audiences that they, they felt they might have lost in, in kind of that non-digital world. So um, all of a sudden, I think we, we found this um, place again where, where sort of trusted news sources have become uh, essentially big business again. Yeah, and, and I think um, it, it's probably true that this was the, the, the kind of digital presence of the, of the newspapers was kind of happening. But it does feel like it's been accelerated, and and also other people coming to into play. So more local news providers suddenly popping up. We've got something called Leeds Live that seems to be everywhere, and you know, um, and, uh, uh, and 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 it, do you think it's just a case of the pandemic just accelerated it? Like it's accelerated, you know, e-commerce. It's 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 accelerated the 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 kind of take up and evolution of, of these titles going online and and really sorting out their presence and 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 also creating a captive audience for reading yeah i, I think it's it, it's sort of I, I guess the lockdown has almost forced their hand a little bit it's you know there was um 
like I said, sort of right at the top there, the charts were only ever really going in, in sort of one direction from sort of, you know, if you looked over the last decade of, of kind of newspaper sales. But it does feel like if, if there were any kind of slightly lagging in, in kind of what they were trying to do in transferring that, that influence and, and, and kind of authority they had online, then 2020 is certainly kind of giving them that shake. I think, you know, you got um, JPI Media, I think, for example, were, were, were one set of, uh, you know, own, own a, a vast number of regional newspapers across the UK who who essentially pulled the plug on on producing um, print copies um, throughout throughout lockdown. But in, conversely, they, they've not just kind of you know stopped the wheels turning of news. It's, um, yeah. it's helped them to figure out far more quickly and, and kind of out of necessity almost that they kind of you know they've got to got to suss their their online proposition out. Yeah, and um, and the 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 importance of the 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 digital side of of these newspapers is um is really super relevant to the work that we do in terms of seo isn't it nikki yeah 100 percent. i think the probably the main thing that christine touched on there was around the authority like how authoritative you know these newspapers are and that has transferred directly online as well so you know the likes of you know you kind of your big news publications have the highest domain authority of the majority of the sites out there because they're trustworthy sources and um, they've been around for years and they're very authoritative. But it's not only the kind of main names, as you've mentioned, there are a lot of new news publications, you know, kind of being created and um, they've stopped their prints so they're just moving online. So at the moment, they do have a very low domain authority. But that's something that's only going to increase over time. So it's incredibly important to get on there, you know, while you can. And then that's, it's only going to get better and you're only going to get more visibility from that as those um, publications kind of gain more traction, get more readership, um, get the subscriptions up there. So from a kind of a PR SEO point of view, you know, they are fantastic publications to be able to get your name online. Um, another kind of way to do it from a kind of a keeping thing positive on a, on a page one for things is just to make sure that you kind of your websites is all completely optimized the way that you want it to be and what you want it to be saying. And then again, kind of linking in that authority, Google released this week around, it's not the number of backlinks to websites anymore. It's all around the authority of those. So again, I know I'm talking about authority an awful lot in this, um, but it's just kind of, you know, making sure that everything is relevant and what you're saying um, and, you know, what you're talking about in those news publications, links back into your website and ensuring that kind of you're passing out a message of, of what you want to be said, um, but not just from a, a point of view of what you want to sell, but also from a, you know informational point of view, making sure you're answering people's questions, uh, the needs that people have. And then that just kind of helps you own that, that first page because those newspapers now, they do stick. You don't just read it and throw it away anymore. You can always find what's been written and in a good or a bad way, it's, it's always going to be there. Um, yeah. Another way from it is just kind of tying in with your social channels as well. You know, kind of Christine touched on it there from a point, you know, if your social channels need to be talking about what you're saying on your website and then the news that you're pushing out and just kind of tying them all in together, just, you know, it helps you kind of gain that page or first page real estate within Google. Um, and then, you know, from other sides of things, you can then kind of tie it in with review sites um, and then all that that kind of ties back into kind of why we need to be, you know, using these really positive sites to push things out further yeah yeah so um i, I think um 
you know, you kind of touch on the key on, um, yeah, it's all about how we can get, how we can get, um, you know, there's two sides to it. It's how we can, how we can get good presence on page one beyond just our own site ranking. Well, the news sites are going to enable us to be there, but also that they're going to give us these kind of um, very high authority um, links back and that will improve our SEO. So that kind of starts to get into the question of, um, well, what, what on earth are these big media titles going to cover that we can say as a brand or as a business? Because, um, I mean, last time I looked at the news, it was just Brexit and COVID, and nobody really wanted to talk about what my clients up to. So, um, how 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 do we even get into these places, Christian? It, um, yeah, it's a good question, and, and, and kind of I guess today of all days, um, you know, the um, announcements from yesterday and, and sort of us mapping out a route map to, to kind of reopening it, it you, you would sense that um, obviously everything in the news at the moment and everything you, you sort of pick up and read is, is about those, those kind of key dates. And it's interesting that Boris, Boris sort of said data and not dates, but it's certainly the thing that the media have picked up on, for instance, that kind of we've now got these kind of really important calendar dates over the next few months to um, us, yeah, being able to enjoy a pint with our mates or our family. So um, it, 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 I think the understanding of, of, of kind of how the, the media works now is really, really important. I guess, you know, if we look very quickly at kind of what they, they used to have to do, and that was to sort of fill a, you know, a 50, 60 page newspaper tomorrow. Um, but now kind of the, the amount of bandwidth, I guess, these media titles have is is enormous and, and, and kind of almost the... Um, it's become a bit secondary, even for some of these most traditional titles, I think, to produce a paper for tomorrow, because most of the stuff that you will see in there tomorrow has already been reported online. It, it, it is kind of a, a strange phenomenon, really, that kind of we had, you know, kind of a, a, as early as sort of yesterday morning, most of the sort of the, the, the leaks and probably deliberate leaks were out. Boris gives his announcements in, in, in the House of Commons at sort of quarter past three, half past three. Um, and then he, he, he has his, his press conference at seven. And so there felt like a whole day of, of kind of the government, for example, kind of putting this um, information out. Whereas, you know, if you pick up a, a paper this morning and start reading those, yes, it will kind of give you um, what that information is, but it feels very much like we've already seen all of this already over, you know, over the last sort of 24 hours. So um, I think for, for us and, and what we do and, and my advice would be to, to definitely start sort of opening your eyes and ears to what's going on around you. Um, to see how you can turn, you know, news agenda items or culturally relevant items um, into into strong opportunities for you or your brand or, or, or your business. Um, you know, but there's one thing just to give you an example. We use um, within MediaWorks at the minute. We've, we've developed what what looks like a really exciting um, sentiment analysis tool for for us that we use with, with sort of our clients to, to kind of monitor the sort of impact of, of messaging and communications, um, as well as look at um, some of the competition. And we we had a um, a, a dog food brand that we were sort of looking at some new activity for, for, for in a PR sense. Um, we looked at the sentiment of, of some of their competitors that it was spiking at various points. And we were able to track that back actually to um, articles that they'd been able to place um, in this particular example with the Huffington Post and, and the Manchester Evening News. So those positive pieces in, in kind of, um, as Nikki had said, kind of high domain authority um, news sites um, was really driving positive sentiment for that brand then in a, in a social environment. So it was it was an interesting connection that we were able to make. Um, and that's really helping to, us to inform how we approach our comm strategies for, for our clients. And it, it really does pay to look at these cultural moments. And 
you know, sometimes you don't, I guess you don't have to be big. And, and kind of, I think we, we see this quite a lot where um, a, a lot of organisations go, oh, you know, it's a national newspaper, it's the FT or it's the Times or it's the Telegraph, and they're just too big for us. Um, but if, as long as you can sort of act fast and act clever, um, you can get some amazing results. There's one particular example that sort of sticks in my mind from, from the last couple of weeks was the whole sort of Hanforth Parish Council thing. Um, with, with Jackie Weaver and, and, and my guess is that many of you might have seen that that sort of whole thing sort of I think it kind of started exploding on the Friday night by Saturday morning it was this huge thing that was sort of all across um, social media titles were, were onto what was going on um, and by the Tuesday I'd spotted this in the mail online that a, a, a cake maker uh, just a guy who works on his own had actually made a, 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 a cake that looked um scary like Jackie Weaver you should definitely go and google Jackie Weaver cake um it is a fantastic piece of work um but he was just a baker and a very good one who went from you know essentially spotting what was going on in the news um on, on sort of that Friday night uh stroke Saturday morning to generating kind of national coverage by by sort of that Tuesday night Wednesday morning himself and so sort of within two or three days he had turned around something very very quick very smart very clever um, and, and kind of in, in the old world, he had sort of dominated a whole page and, and even on the online article, um, you know, there was some, some, you know, some of his other creations. So obviously he had good imagery there um, that he was able to share with, with the mail. Uh, and, you know, there was this full piece around this baker making this Jackie Weaver cake. But actually the, the, the bigger benefit for that guy was that he was able to sort of display, you know, four or five of his other creations. And, and for him, that was just jumping on something that was kind of a bit of a cultural phenomenon that, wasn't really connected to, to you know, either Brexit or COVID. Um, looking kind of longer term, I think, um, and, and these are things that can happen with a, a very, very quick turnaround. If, if you can, if you do, um, you know, must bake into to your comm strategy, that ability to react. Um, there are kind of calendar moments that you can sort of pick out from, from a long way in advance. I mean, I, I, I guess now sort of for all of us, we're looking at, um, you know, June 21st and, and what we do or don't do with our, our communications campaign around that particular date, for instance. But um, one one great example I like to show, and it, again, it's worth sort of definitely going to take a look at them, is a, an outdoors company called Ray in, in the United States, REI. Um, and, and kind of, I think this is going back sort of five or six years ago now, where they were sort of plotting what to do around Black Friday. Um, obviously, in the States, it's a, it's a national holiday there. Um, it comes just after Thanksgiving. Um, and, and for them, they made this really bold decision um, to um, shut themselves down, essentially, over Black Friday. They could see that all the competition it was coming very kind of price-driven, they were giving 10% off, so they would offer 12% off, so the next guy would offer 15% off. And that, that wasn't really driving much engagement for those guys. It became very kind of price competitive. Um, and so I, I think for, for someone like those guys, it's really bold decision to shut all 144 stores, I think, at the time um, and just go out with this message from the CEO that said, we're closing on Black Friday because we're taking our staff outside. It's what we stand for as a business. We sell outdoor equipment. Um, and not only did they shut their, their stores, they also effectively shut their website down as well on Black Friday. And I know it sounds like a, a sort of a horrifying um, uh, proposition for, for, for many of us. Um, but actually, they, they did this really, really smart thing on, on the website. So all you could do was, was sort of enter, um, you know, in the States, they have the zip code. All you could do was enter the zip code, your zip code. And what it gave you was a list of kind of mountain bike trails, of walks, of runs, of 
um, you know, lakes nearby where you could go canoeing and stuff. And so there's real messages like, go outside today. Don't you couldn't actually spend any money with Ray on Black Friday. Yeah. Also, and, I think, wasn't there. and I think that, that they 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 then almost get to a kind of perfect intersection where they've identified a really good calendar event that they could plan ahead for, but they've got purpose with it as well. So they found something within their brand that was that was more than just hijacking a calendar event. It was it, it, they said, you know, we want you to go outside. Um, and I think that this trend for purpose driven marketing you, you combine all that together and then you then you've got some real dynamite um and i think it enables brands to get you know more cut through and probably does enable them to attract the attention of the media more because they're not just hijacking something they're, they're hijacking it for a reason and um you know we've we've seen like you know some of the really big corporations like Unilever who have now kind of insisted that all their brands have got purpose at their heart and, uh, you know, every single piece of messaging, comms, PR, advertising has got to be rooted in, in, in you know, what, what is their purpose. And, um, you know, if you want to, if you want the masterclass in how to do that, go and watch uh, Simon Sinek's, um, you know, the the why video and talk about you know Apple's brand promise and at the heart of Apple is why and you know everything that Apple has ever done in terms of their advertising has had a purpose at its heart not just selling you a computer so I think um, you start so it's, it's really interesting about you know how you drag how you grab attention it's by being timely it's by being relevant it's about planning ahead but I think that you know the the the, the magic ingredient is then getting your purpose and your brand truth at the heart of it so that you can you can really own the story. Um, so that's all great. Um, so if the world was perfect and we could all just um, m- manipulate, control, plan, um, create amazing ideas that are lovely and everyone picks them up, um, that would be wonderful. But um, it doesn't always work like that. So what, 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 what do we do when actually we end up with some of the bad stuff um, appearing in the newspapers and all they're interested in is, um, is what looks like negativity? Yeah, I yeah, like you say, Paul. It, it would be a, a lovely world if if the media just focused on on positive news stories. Unfortunately, they don't. Um, I, I, I kind of I, I sort of always start this um, with a, this great little quote from um, from Mark Twain: um, "A lie can travel half the way around the world while the truth is putting its boots on." Um, and, and I think kind of you know from a, a, a comment that's so old, it's never been more um, I think valuable and relevant. When you, I mean, we talked earlier about kind of, I guess the, you know, the real pace of how quickly news now travels and how quickly everything moves on and how quickly kind of trends can appear on social media and disappear again. Um, and I, I think that's a real challenge and a real danger for for any business really, um, because the, the the pace and power of all that means that kind of if you're um, if you're not keeping pace with that people are going to feel voids that you leave. They're going to start to create a narrative that you might not believe is the truth or might be kind of inaccurate or might not be um, the route you want to take, um, you know, your particular communications if if things have gone wrong in your business. So um, this isn't necessarily about just kind of immediately apologising or admitting fault or anything like that, but being able to very, very quickly acknowledge that something's gone wrong um, gives your audience this indication that actually you are taking ownership here. You're not burying your head in the sand. Um, and, and gives you that little bit of a chance to start to dictate the narrative. And I think kind of, you know, offering no comment, um, you know, in, in, in that sort of environment, it can be really, you know, damaging in, in, in so many ways. I think, you know, when we see it in, in newspapers, there was a, um, you know, a particular house builder a couple of weeks that got into a little bit of hot water 
going back to something that they made a promise on three years ago and the Guardian then kind of calling them out on it, saying, well, actually, you haven't done what you said you were going to do three years ago, and we're now tackling you on that. And the house builder kind of, there was no comment from, from the CEO, there was no comment from anybody within the business. And it, it looks guilty. They look culpable um, because that's how we're, we're sort of, I guess, um, have our brains are kind of wild to wild to believe that way. If you if you're going to say nothing, if you're going to say no comment, and then there's this sort of inference of guilt. So I think kind of you know being human, being honest and upfront and transparent is really really important these days. Now I think um, you know the danger is that if you do um, start to stay quiet, then then kind of people are going to feel that. And if you know if you're um, you know your your manufacturing plant or something is within a, a built up area people are going to see and people are going to hear and there's every likelihood that something's going to be caught on their mobile phones if there's an explosion or, you know, a part of the building falls off or something like that. So these are really, really important things to not sweep under the carpet, I think. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I think um, the, the, the kind of having then a, a bit of a plan in place, I think sort of understanding what you're going to do in those situations before you're met with those situations um, is a is a really really important thing, um, you know. Planning ahead, being honest to to identify what could go wrong in your business, uh, and often we you know we're asked to sort of almost have a, a kind of the um, you know the third party eyes for a client on, on various things. So um, you look at various scenarios that could go wrong within your business. Are there procedures that are kind of you know particularly risky? Um, I don't know if you're a you know if you're a, a food producer, have you got your recall? Um, stuff right if there's you know if there's any poisoning or the contamination or anything like that how is that going to play out with communications if you're not in control of that if you are a construction firm it's like what is the risk if um you know the side of a, a house uh, starts to crumble after you know three months of someone living in it um understanding what your issues might be so that then you can start to control those things very very quickly um, it, it, I sort of liken this to, to sort of making sure you, you know, read the, the fire extinguisher in, in instructions before the chip pan catches fire, because at that point is not the time to start understanding, um, you know, how you put fires out. So um, all of those things that can go into a, um, a, a, a really solid kind of crisis comms plan about planning ahead, about understanding who's in control within your business um, and how comms can kind of really help and, and lead with that understanding what messages you want to get across, um, you know, showing compassion, transparency, all of those things that I think are really, really important um, in this world now where we, we sort of talked about this ability for, for potentially, you know, positive and negative things to, to sort of really start to stick online. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so, um, and, and I think, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're just going to, I'm just a bit mindful of time, so we're just going to accelerate um, through point four into point five in hopefully a seamless segue uh, that will still be entertaining and informative. So I think we were thinking about, you know, examples of, you know, now it's very important not just to have got all that planning done and, and know exactly what Christian said, but to be able to cope in the moment as well. And, you know, we've seen examples uh, recently of, you know, pretty serious um you know things blowing up for for pure gym um where the, there was some stuff around black history month that was you know it, it, actually you know they ended up handling it and and dealing with it but you know it should never have got there in the first place and i think that you can see that these things happen because there's not enough control 
Um, there's not enough kind of, you know, forward thinking, but I think within the world of social that, um, you know, this gets, this get, this can get amplified and exaggerated. And, um, and I, th- I think that, you know, even when you see something going right, you've got to be careful that you don't do it wrong. And we just wanted to very quickly just talk about Marmite, um, who did the, the, the brilliant social campaign a couple of weeks ago. They got an outdoor um, poster site, did this brilliant ad of their new chili marmite, and the top had spun off and landed on a car, broken the windscreen. So brilliant. Everybody thought, that's amazing. Shared all over the internet, went viral, amazing. And then what we saw the day afterwards, that Autoglass jumped on that, parked an Autoglass van next to it, and Autoglass won the internet for that afternoon because just brilliant, you know, the the, the windscreen needed mending. Guess you need me to explain the joke. Um, but then... Um, it all went horribly wrong on day three because I think it was only a week after we'd had Weetabix and Heinz baked beans um, just, uh, you know, creating the biggest brand pile on ever while everybody said, you don't put baked beans on Weetabix and, you know, every single brand piled in with um, what their, you know, most radical combination could be. Um, and you saw Marmite was, obviously the social media manager was slightly sat there going, where's my brand pylon? And at the end of day three, they did a whole string of posts where they went out to just about every brand that normally has got an opinion on on Twitter and asked them to contribute, and no one did. And it was a bit of a tumbleweed moment. And you kind of go, you know, just, just it just needs another pair of eyes, another pair of ears, someone with a bit of oversight, and and realizing that a lot of this stuff does happen in the moment. And if it's going to catch fire, it'll catch fire. And if it won't, then maybe you shouldn't try too hard to do it. And it all comes back to just being authentic, real, have a plan, and and all of these kind of things. So um, I think just on to our kind of final point was um, all of these examples, and the Marmite one is a very good example, apart from their day three um, that they'll all want to forget about, um, of, of the kind of peso model, you know, paid, earned, shared, owned um, um, model, where actually when you're looking at campaigns, you can really go across all of this. And, and, and this is really important when we're looking at, when we're considering PR and the role of PR within within our overall strategy. So I guess just to get your point of view on that, uh, Christian, just to kind of talk around the PESO model and how we should be thinking about that in relation to PR. Yeah, completely. And I think um, th- this sort of wraps up, I think, Paul's point right at the, the, the top of the, the chat today around how um, PR has really evolved. Um, and how kind of traditionally you might have viewed it as being a, um, a vehicle to sort of drive positive, uh, you know, media relations and, and, and uh, you know, various elements of, of public relations. But the way kind of social has exploded, the way, you know, the importance of, of having a, you know, a really strong digital footprint now, I think. Um, uh, myself and Paul were arguing over this one. It's like kind of uh, made a bit of a quip that it would be very typical of the PR guy to claim that the peso model was invented in PR. Um, so we, we'll we'll continue to argue about that one after this session. But um, the, the peso model, for those who, who sort of aren't too sure of it, paid, earned, shared, and owned, is a is a model that I think certainly within the PR world over the last few years we've come to identify that. Yes, PR very often kind of works in that earned space. So when we talk about um, that's that sort of media outreach, that's you know generating coverage in those those fantastic media titles. But um, to, to just do that in isolation with your you know with your PR and comms campaign, it sort of feels like it's not enough anymore. Um, 
And so paid elements, whether that's, you know, sponsored or, or boosted posts on your social media feeds or, you know, through paid search or, or paid partnerships with ambassadors, um, that's got a role to play, whether, um, you know, you, you're looking at the shared element and kind of that's through, uh, you know, Marmite, I guess, is a good example there of that organic social growth that they kind of really generated around, you know, hundreds and hundreds of sort of retweets of that very cool image of, of the lid kind of crashing into the car uh, windscreen. Um uh, and then combining those those three, the paid earn and shared with, with sort of your own channels as well. So whether that's kind of via, I don't know, a, you know, email communications that you, you sort of might be sending out to, to your, your stakeholders or your customers. It's your website content that, that Nikki kind of touched upon about that being really, really important to, to make sure that's absolutely spot on. Um, and again, using that Marmite um my my example sort of that own space that they, they they bought there with that billboard they when you when you look at that image it's, it's very very clear that that's not a high footfall image uh, a high footfall place sorry um but actually in order to execute their campaign they needed that own space um to create that, that really powerful image um so I, I, I guess really that's the way in, 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 in certainly within MediaWorks and certainly within kind of, you know, how we approach PR now is, is making sure that kind of all of your communications channels are really kind of on point um, because I, I think that that sort of um, competition for, for sort of people's eyes and ears is, is really, really kind of, um, you know, important and it's really competitive and you're not, you're not really just competing with what you might consider your direct competitors anymore. You know, you are competing with, with Auntie Jean, who's just put, you know, 25 pictures on Facebook of the new puppy. And, and so those eyeballs are, are kind of, um, you know, they're, they're, they're getting kind of stretched kind of everywhere. So making sure you can be across all of those platforms is, is, is a really, really important thing. Yeah, and I and I think it's important to say that for every marmite and um, whatever you know, it, not not everything is going to set the world on fire. Not everything is going to create a Jackie Weaver effect. But you can still do all of this, and you can have it planned, and it will be creating impact. Um, and you know, every now and again, you get the right story on the right day in the you know, and 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 it will and it will set the world on fire, which um, which is great. And we all strive for those moments, but we should be employing this thinking all the time. It, integrated communication across the model is the way forward um we just had one um question in on the q a from uh from mr guy bailey who who says maybe i'm getting older but for some of these examples i feel like monty python's captain walking on and saying stop that it's silly and uh i think you know one one person's silly is another person's genius, you know. So, uh, and I think probably Monty Python would agree with that as well. So, yeah, well, uh, yeah. I think there's. I think you talked about it as well, Paul. The importance that um, a, a lot of brands are, are sort of placing on purpose now. We, we we get this a lot in 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 terms of sort of client briefs and things about um, the, you know your PR and comms team really sort of trying to help identify some of the more meaningful things as well and, and, and not just, you know, kind of Jackie Weaver cakes, um, but, but kind of having that purpose-driven model to, to, to sort of how you are as a business can really help sort of formulate, I, I guess, you know, real sort of purposeful vision and, and, and value proposition for, for an organisation. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and having fun and surprise and delight can often sit at the heart of a brand promise and that can be great and that might look silly, but if it's put a smile on someone's face and got you on to... Uh, you know the 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 mail online then bingo job done um 
Right. Okay. Well, you know, that was a, a very rapid tour through a lot of different um, topic areas. So I'll just kind of summarize um, the kind of five points that we've covered and, you know, hope, hopefully um, the attendees today will have, will have taken um, some good points away from this. So, you know, I think the, the important things to remember are, you know, mainstream media, you know, it is still an increasingly a trusted source of news and information. And, um, you know, you need to think what your strategy is um, and, you know, it's going to benefit your SEO, but it's going to benefit lots of different things. You know, it's not going away. It's, it's becoming more important. Um, I think um, the second point, you know, planning ahead, um, understanding the calendar, you know, look, yes, look for reactive opportunities, but understand what's going to be important, what, what are the cultural moments. But, you know, understanding what your purpose is and being able to, uh, to latch into those and do it authentically is going to give you a really good platform for your, your kind of PR activity. Um, I think the third point, you know, having a plan for when things don't go right um, and not not just crisis comms, but also, you know, just being mindful of when, you know, when, when you get it wrong and just being able to put the brakes on, monitor, have, an, have another pair of eyes on things. But also longer term, you know, do look at, um, you know, Trustpilot, Glassdoor, Google reviews, you know, other places where people are talking about you and that you can understand when a problem might be might be starting to happen. It hasn't actually happened yet. Um, I think you know just to just to re-emphasize again with our, with our Marmite example, you know, always have a second pair of eyes. There's no substitute for getting someone else's opinion and saying what you know. Well, how, how should we react? What's the best way of dealing with this? And then the fifth point: always look at the peso model. That you know, no, no, these things, all of these communications and channels don't exist in isolation from each other. Um, ideas and campaigns will jump from one place to another, but also have benefits as they do that. And you know, uh, your PR activity will benefit your SEO. Your content marketing might look a bit like PR sometimes. Your social media can cross over into all of these different things. So um, it's it's making sure you've got a plan that looks across the whole of that model, and um, it's very core to how we think at MediaWorks. Um, that we we plan holistically around that, whether we're approaching it with a PR hat on, with an SEO hat on, with a brand awareness hat on, um, it, 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 it's all filtering into that. And all of these channels are really important. Um, and I think, you know, the the final thing um, that um, we'd, we'd, we'd just like to offer is, um, well, over to you, Christian, um, for the attendance. Um, to- well, yeah, I, I think kind of what we, we really wanted to do really was, was kind of, uh, I guess, pe- give people that, that opportunity of, of uh, I suppose, a little bit of insight on how we do start things with, with clients and, and kind of just having that uh, very brief sort of online sort of uh, PR and comms audit that, that assesses, um, you know, a brand, what it looks like, um, and, and, and sort of a quick look at how your, your sort of on, on, online reputation is faring, really. I mean, if there's... If there's one thing that I, I would sort of suggest you do is, is sort of put your, you know, your business or your brand um, or your product into, you know, Google search and hit the news tab um, just to see, um, you know, what, what's being said about you, uh, you know, within the media. Um, how long ago was that? How frequently is that? Is it good? Um, these are the sorts of things we, we sort of really start with and, you know, we'd be happy to sort of pick up with any of you guys really is, is just kind of start that process of, of taking a view of, 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 of kind of what you look like online, essentially. Great. So any of the attendees um, today will we'll follow up and we'll be, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be offering that to you. So I uh, highly recommend that you, you take us up on that and, um, and hopefully we'll, we'll discover some things and, and help you kind of think about things a little bit differently within, within the world of, uh, of PR. 
so that's um that's us done for today um we'll uh, obviously be doing another one of these um sessions next week and we'll be focusing on content marketing so look out for that uh, coming along in your inbox um uh, you know content marketing's got a lot of uh, relevance into what we've been talking about today so if you're interested in this whole area make sure you you join us next week so thank you to nikki and christian that was brilliant and thank you to today's attendees. Hope you enjoyed the session and we'll see you all again soon. Hey, hey, hey.